Okay, well, welcome to What is Now uh, with me, Charles, and my good friend, Sakib. Hello, listeners. Hi. And so the way that we begin uh, each of these discussions uh, is to spend a minute together in silence. Uh, and so we ask you to, as the listener, to uh, take a moment to join us in just sitting in silence for one minute. Uh, no instruction other than to just return to this present moment experience. I think we can build up so much habitual momentum from the very beginning of our day. And even this little interaction, we've spent just a few seconds together, but there's a habitual energy that starts to build up uh, automatically. So we can use this minute together to really just reset and return to an openness and an interest in what this present moment experience has to offer us. And so you'll hear a bell to start and end uh, this one minute. No instruction, just however you are able to return to what's happening right now. Okay, that's one minute. Great. So, how are you doing, Charles? I... Hmm. It's an interesting question always, because I think even that can elicit an automatic response of, I'm doing well, mm -hmm. and... I can share with you my present moment experience. I was noticing about that recording, um, the, the bell that played, and I noticed that it had a, a background noise. And the initial thought in my mind was, well, I wonder if it's better to have it quiet or with some background noise playing mm -hmm. uh, and then which is a perfect example of my mind beginning to automatically run to judgments about this present moment experience. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed I was kind of caught on that for a little bit of time and mm -hmm. didn't get to a place of resolve. Uh, but that to me is a great, that's another opportunity to notice my mind habitually judging and wondering uh, about this experience and maybe what other people are perceiving about me or thinking about me uh, and then return. Um, mm -hmm. But right now, I'm feeling a lot of uh, energy or sensation in my knees. And I think that's the most present felt experience in this moment for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know, how about for you? No, that's wonderful. Uh, I think it's a very interesting perspective to uh, this question, how are you doing? You know, and we always, uh, I think a lot of us, what we do is that we start looking at our past, maybe past one week or past one month, depending upon after how long we are meeting a person. And we would evaluate that and we will see, oh yes, maybe, you know, I have, I'm doing really well because maybe I'm earning a lot of money or maybe I'm, you know, I'm in this new beautiful relationship. But what I just realized uh, by you answering this question is that it's important to know how am I doing right now, you know, in this, in this particular moment and how am I feeling right now? And I realized how disconnected we are when we answer this question. We are not actually in the, usually not in the present moment. 
we are either in the past or maybe we are looking into the future but answering this question with presence i think it is something really beautiful mm. to add to that uh, how am i feeling right now and how am i doing right now is uh, i'm really excited to uh, see what will unfold today and what mm. we're going to talk about today and i'm really uh, i really like this pattern of just having uh you know discussions as they with our intuition as they just come out uh from our heart rather than having this uh notion of uh, a topic and then talking uh, talking about that topic so i mm. really like this format and i'm really looking forward to it and it takes some i'm thinking uh i guess a challenge there both with answering how you're really doing in this moment and with the approach we're taking to this podcast it takes maybe some level of vulnerability that i'm proud of both of us for attempting to do in a body and share because yeah. to really uh go inward and ask yourself the question how am i doing and how do i re- really express that to this other person takes yeah. some level of like being open to whatever is there and you don't know what it's going to look like mm-hmm. um which is the same thing for us just kind of talking about whatever arises but then it also it's really exciting and it's alive and it's not limited to these prescriptions of what things should be or the way that we should talk about them or to have something in mind that gives us some sense of security and control yeah. uh, but to be it's making me think of uh something that's been on my mind recently mm-hmm. i read an eckhart tolle book uh recently um a new earth you know i was resistant to his writings for whatever reason before that i think just because of his like major uh notoriety um mm-hmm. for whatever reason i what something was pushing me away from him but i ended up reading a book of his and i really liked it and he talked about this notion of a primary purpose and a secondary purpose for everything that we do okay. and the secondary is like the reason the the instrumental reason for what you're doing right now so we're recording a podcast to present to a uh, listening community for some purpose uh instrumentally i mean i mean you could think of it as to get people to listen to it or to uh support our careers as whatever it is that we do and mm-hmm. that's that's a secondary purpose but then the primary purpose is always just this present moment experience and okay. just what it is that you're doing right now and mm-hmm. that's always the like the most important thing um so what is uh, the like maybe i'm missing out something but what is the clear uh, differentiation between the primary and the secondary purpose so is it that both involve the present moment or is it different i think both are playing out maybe i'm thinking maybe the secondary purpose is is maybe what brings you to this experience like we are mm-hmm. brought to this experience for some secondary purpose of making a podcast and creating it and sharing it but then when we're here mm-hmm. all there is is right now and all there is is this moment there is no podcast there is no other time when someone is going to be listening to this there is yeah. actually only this experience and yeah. now as i'm in this moment i can either be attached to that idea of what i want this to be the outcome or i could be as open as i possibly can be to this experience here with you sakib or even you beyond your name like just you this experience you're filling up my sense of consciousness right now with your being and yeah. i can lose myself uh you know in relation to all those outcome secondary purpose things and fill myself up in this moment with mm. all that really is in my experience um i don't know what do you think about that no i think yeah that's a that's a wonderful idea and initially my um, i think i had this preconceived notion about primary and secondary purpose and it might be com- coming from my own conditioning that uh, we always have uh, the primary purpose is being having some uh, goal in life and having some you know purpose to be here on this planet and the secondary purpose uh, being the present moment so i was in that mm. notion but uh, i think it's a beautiful thing to look at that the primary purpose is the present moment and i think it is something i really will contemplate on and it sounds interesting this concept hmm. 
And, yeah, because uh, it's interesting to hear your perspective of it, them sort of being flipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but that is a very interesting perspective. And yeah, I think this is something we can contemplate on and think about. I, I Even as you said, you know, even I resisted uh, a lot of teachings of Eckhart uh, Tolle uh, initially. Mm. Um, because I think the first time I read the books, uh, The Power of Now, I was uh, maybe not ready for it. Um, yeah. I was not in that, uh, I was more in that stage of life when I was looking for internal power in terms of self-development. Uh, but I was not in that state of being present and uh, just, you know, just working on myself, on, on my internal self. It was more external for me to have, uh, like, to make money, to have external goals, to get this, to get that. So that's when I... To, to build the self. Yes. So that's when I, uh, uh, you know, read this book. And I thought that, why is this person only talking about the moment of now and, the, you know, the, the presence and the power of now? Uh, we, we also have a future... And we also have, we, we have to build that future. So I was in that mindset. But eventually when I, uh, uh, you know, did my studies uh, and uh, you can call it any kind of studies, maybe spiritual studies, uh, I realized that the only thing that there is, is the now. Uh, I realized that uh, the future, uh, and this was something that Osho said, and I think it was beautiful that someone asked that I keep worrying about the future. So Osho said that, the future never comes. What arrives is the present moment. You think it is the future, but it is what it is the present moment that is arriving. So I, I, I thought that that was powerful and that actually flipped my perspective at that time. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm thinking of all the that that feels maybe really vulnerable too it feels like exposed this mm -hmm. notion of there being only now uh, mm -hmm. because to have a sense of the past and to have a sense of the future is to kind of color in your experience and to have it's i'm almost feeling like it's building a house kind mm -hmm. of around you and it mm -hmm. gives you some sense of structure and stability and mm -hmm. then to potentially lose that is a really maybe scary and vulnerable and like naked notion while it may be real and it could be really i mean i see it as incredibly liberating um, mm. because i mean this house might also turn into a prison and uh, mm. but if it's the only house that you ever had mm. you don't know what it's like outside of the prison then there's inherently i guess a lot of fear in stepping outside because i don't I'm choosing, I would prefer to have this structure, even though maybe I'm becoming more aware that it is a prison because mm -hmm. I don't know what it's gonna be like out there. Um, yeah. There's this quote, uh, we often prefer the control of guaranteed unhappiness mm -hmm. over the uncertainty of possible happiness. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like we are prioritizing a sense of control, even mm -hmm. if we're aware that we're out of control mm -hmm. uh, over the happiness that could lie in being open to all we have is now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that also reminds me of the other thing that uh, Osho said in that, in that same uh, video. And he said that uh, the happiness, uh, if, you, if you make your present moment happy, so the person who was, he was telling this to the person who was worrying about the future. And he said that if you make your present moment happy, your future will be automatically happy because what arises the now there is no future and uh, that this made me uh, contemplate and realize that it's actually true we keep worrying about uh, the future and we spend our lives worrying about the future but if we can just stay happy in the present moment then we can actually carry on take that happiness to the future as well the so-called future so yeah, I can totally resonate with what you said. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking of, so recently reading that Eckhart Tolle book, to do mm -hmm. that is maybe to let go 
of a lot of our sense of who we are. Mm. And a lot of maybe the things that give us our identity. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we deal with that? I don't know the, um, my profession or my relationships or my skin color or my, um, all of those things that represent who I am. Hmm. I think uh, what, what I realized was that all these things that you're mentioning is, are these things are given to us by the external world. You know, and if you think of it, as soon as we are born, uh, we are given a name and that is given by our parents. Then uh, if we talk about nationality, then that is given by the government or the constitution. And if we talk about the religion that is given by the priest, if we talk about uh, our degree that is given by the university, if we talk about the job position that is given by the company. So everything is like given to us. It is like a, a you know, label that is given to to us by the society. But the question is that what what truly am I? What is my true self? And uh, once we, if we can somehow let go of those labels one by one, you know, uh, I think that that is also called deconditioning the mind. If we let go of those labels one by one, then we have to see that what remains once we let go of those labels, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, it's really interesting to think about that as all of those things somehow being external from who I really am. As I'm, I'm just trying to kind of like feel into myself now, like mm. who I am, mm. and that it's, I'm thinking of it, even my body, like the way you were describing that was making me think of that too. Like this is this thing that happened and was given to me mm-hmm. by my parents. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe there's something that is even sort of behind that, mm-hmm. that I am. And that that's like a really close representation. And then you can get further out, like my conceptual a label of a name and then maybe a, a religion that I was raised under or a part mm. of the world that I grew up in or all these kind of things maybe they're further and further away yeah but the way you said that made me think of e- even my physical body um, mm. as something that is outside of this like me mm. identity the core mm-hmm. yeah and that makes me wonder that where does this uh, I or me that we feel, you know, this sense of me, this sense of I, where does it exist? Like, does it exist in the body? As you mentioned, the body. So if yes, then where where does it exist in the body? Uh, and I think once I tried to meditate on this and I could not find myself, this feeling of I or me in the body. I started with my legs. And, you know, there was this awareness, which was definitely not in the legs. Then I started with, uh, then I moved on to my abdomen, my chest, and my head. Even this idea of like, some people can, some people think that this presence of I and me is behind the eyes, because this is from where we are looking. Mm-hmm. And is this, this sense of perception of looking is so strong. Uh, you know, that we start thinking that this, uh, my awareness is behind the eyes. Or we have this idea which comes from science, uh, mainstream science is that uh, this I or me is in the brain, but where exactly in the brain, you know, in the left side of the brain, or is it on the right side of the brain? Mm. And where's the division between that and the nerve cells throughout the rest of the body? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I really couldn't find this I and me in the body. So as you said, you know, even this body, uh, this idea of uh, uh, this body being given to us, I I totally understand what you are saying because then there is also an awareness which is observing the body. 
it is an awareness which is even observing our thoughts you know the thoughts that are running in our mind and we you 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 might you know that we can do that in meditation we can observe our own thoughts we can observe our own body so if there is an observer and if there is an object the object being uh you know our thoughts or or the body then definitely the observer is uh this is what i think not i should i should not say definitely but this is what i feel mm-hmm. is that the observer is separate from this object which is the body or the thoughts uh yeah i think this is what i think what do you think mm. about i feel very similarly and i think it's one of those core issues that i think people can get it intellectually mm-hmm. and in an abstract kind of way but yeah. then to really feel that is something different mm-hmm. and my kind of belief is that to really feel that is to provide one of the like most liberating experiences that we can find as human beings and that to me i'm guessing is like the core benefit of a meditation practice or what you would call mindfulness practice to have this felt sense of an identity that is beyond even the physical body mm. but i do think there's something very core in us like based on that conditioning that we receive that builds from the very moment we're born mm-hmm. that keeps us from a willingness to move further into that like there's something that's holding on tightly for its survival um mm. i think we might call that the ego or call that like my i i like to refer to it as the i me um cuz even ego you know there's like cultural connotation attached to that yeah. uh and i don't know it's really challenging to i think that can be kind of a scary place to to dip into like what you're talking about um this experience of like well I'm not this I'm not this I'm not even my brain and even my vision and so what am I really it it could take again some kind of vulnerability and courage to keep like moving further and further into that um True. I want to hear what you think about that I also just wanted to say before I I lose the thought when you mentioned about vision we can become so maybe attached to our sense of self existing behind the eyes and it was just making me curious about the sense of identity uh in someone someone who is vision impaired um mm. and what that experience might be like differently from someone whose their whole world is created by what they see yeah that's a great question actually yeah true and uh yeah maybe i in fact uh i asked this question in in, a, in one of my sessions on uh, inside timer i asked this question that where do you feel this i uh and i realized that a lot of women mentioned that they felt this presence of i in their heart hmm. uh now i'm not sure about this but we uh, i have seen in especially in my culture that a lot of men uh have their awareness present behind their eyes or mm. maybe in the brain um because in in my culture especially from the country from where i come it's mostly men who are working and women who are uh in their homes mm. so the men who are working because they are into rationalizing because they are into logic they find their awareness mainly in in their face or in the brain or behind the eyes mm, from the neck up yes there is a disconnection with the uh, lower chakras of the body there is a disconnection with the lower part of the body uh because then they are told not to feel emotions a lot of them not to cry you know be a macho man mm-hmm. uh and a man who is crying uh, is considered to be very feminine Mm-hmm. but when we come to women we see that they are more connected uh, and i'm talking about this cultural context from my culture mm-hmm. more connected to their emotions in that sense uh, because they the it is okay uh, in my culture for them to cry and you know to 
feel their emotions and to express their emotions uh, i think that is why they they felt that sense of i and me uh, that sense of their pure awareness in their heart hmm. what's that like what's what's that like for you uh, having grown up in that culture yeah for me initially it was uh, very uh, i tried to be a macho man <laughs> i i tried to be someone who doesn't cry who doesn't you know uh, is very emotional about things or sentimental um, but i couldn't do that and i i found myself crying i found myself expressing my emotions and being sentimental about things so usually in 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 the male groups in you know in 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 the friend where there are all male friends the people who are crying the people who are feeling their emotions they are considered they are bullied usually so they mm. are having this feminine energy you know because they are crying they are they are not supposed to cry so i found myself very different from that group and eventually i realized that all the men uh, in that group they would cry when they are at home and mm. you know in their own presence because eventually they they opened up with me and they told that how they would cry and not cry in front of others so my mm. mm-hmm. i started feeling initially again my uh, awareness was more towards my face my head but eventually i could also feel that sense of awareness in my heart Hmm. but uh i think going deeper and deeper into this i realized that there might not be a, a specific point in space where we can locate this particular eye because it can be anywhere it can be everywhere uh eventually i i couldn't find the sense of eye in my body i i in fact there was a sense of feeling that this this thought of this this belief of i me and myself it might just be a thought in my awareness hmm mhm and uh, it, it kind of it just as you're describing it it i had the reaction of oh it must be it inevitably is because it's turning into language mm-hmm. uh, like oh that is me well that is some that is an expression of words which are just these conceptual tools to describe something that is experience so even to say that is yeah. is kind of inherently just it's a thought yeah exactly and it never ends exactly it, as long as it's spoken in words it's a, it's a conceptual abstraction from something that is an experience that's uh, and i was kind of thinking of what you were describing as like the head felt experience or the heart felt experience and mm-hmm. maybe the heart felt one is a little bit closer to whatever that basic raw thing is i mean i can just in my culture too certainly that has been my experience of being conditioned to not cry or express mm-hmm. emotion or that that is a sign of weakness or inferiority in some way or that maybe that you're feminine quote unquote or yeah. or whatever it is um and that's a big part of the you know conditioning layer uh yeah. i can say over the past several years of my life there's been such an opening into tears is such this like raw powerful expression maybe of whatever that thing is that like core identity that can't be pointed to it's like that's speaking and expressing itself and and my conditioned self might be saying hey go away like no one wants mm-hmm. you here because other people are we've learned other people are going to make fun of us or judge us if you come up yeah. and then the possible transcending of that and be like you don't even exist like you're just this collection of thoughts that i've you know gathered i and yeah. then just to allow the feeling to come up and express itself in the way that i have no control over it's just yeah. happening and it's just this like beautiful thing and i've become a vessel for this like expression of tears and uh even if it's sad uh or if it's joy like that to me is such this beautiful uh gift to receive and express Um I can say like during I recently was married and um a little while ago and we had a small gathering and it w- I was just filled with tears the whole day uh not even necessarily related to anything in particular it just felt like this kind of celebration of 
how I feel presently in my life. And I was surrounded mm -hmm. by people that I really deeply care about. And I felt just totally open to showing them all of me. And it's just like tears streaming and it felt so nice. Um, mm -hmm. for kind of maybe a celebration of transcending that conditioning. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and one more thought I have on that. I've been thinking about this recently and in some individual work uh, with clients, I think we can learn so much that we shouldn't cry, that crying is something we need to fix. Um, yeah. And I was thinking to me, it's really crying and laughing are two very similar things to me. Mm -hmm. And the difference for me mm -hmm. is that one is, is socially acceptable that we've learned that that's something that is good. And so right. we should express that thing. Um, yeah. And that socially we've learned that tears are bad and that we should try to fix them. So we should push them down, mm -hmm. but that maybe those are two sort of sides of the same continuum of this really raw feeling that yeah. just occurs. You can't, you, I mean, you could fake laughing, but that's different from really having this explosion of what is genuine laughter. And then it just comes bursting to the surface and you're a vessel for laughing. Um, yeah. And so maybe those are two things that are operating the same way and they don't, you don't need to do anything else about them. You just let them happen. Um, right. So that's, that's a lot that I've just thrown against the wall. Yeah, no. And uh, this uh, also reminds me of, uh, the concept and uh, it is not only a concept but but my experience as well and i've seen that we all wear uh, masks you know so there is this outer mask uh, and as i said when i was trying to hide those emotions there was this outer mask that i would present to the world of a very pleasing personality of always smiling and you know uh, having this sometimes having this stern look on my face which might show success, which might show hmm. achievement, which might show uh, being satisfied with life and really happy. And then it, it also came in my tone of voice, you know, maybe the sternness in my voice, which would show that, oh, I'm, I'm strong and powerful. So that way I would uh, make my voice really stern. So I realized that there is this, this outer mask that we create in front of people, which, which is pleasing to others, you know, which we, there's a personality which we carry, which we want to show to the world that, yes, everything is fine with me. But then there is another layer inside it where uh, all our sadness, fears, pain, uh, emotions, uh, suffering and everything lies there. And I think this is something which we are when we are at home, you know, hmm. we, would, uh, we are sitting with ourselves and if nobody is around us, then usually we do express that. Usually we either cry, you know, we have that sadness, we will feel that sadness. Or if we have anger, that anger would come out. Uh, the anger also comes out in front of people who are very close to us, who are hmm. whom which we are vulnerable to, and we can show that side of ours. And also, hmm. other so we, we might displace that anger onto them because yeah. they, it's okay for us to show underneath that, that mask yeah. layer a little bit with them. Yeah. Yeah. And there might be a lot of uh, judgments there as well, you know, regret, remorse, uh, resentment. And that is something which, uh, I think that comes from the idea that we always, as you said, need to show this uh, happy self of ours and, you know, laughter uh, to the external world. But where, where, when it comes to crying, uh, we, this is something we hide and this pain we hide, the sadness we hide. And I was reading this uh, uh, interesting concept by Carl Jung uh, of individuation. Yeah. And uh, he said that we can truly become whole when we accept both our aspects of the feminine and the masculine. Uh, and we, all of us have those both as aspects equally in, in us, you know, the feminine part, the masculine part, but the problem occurs when either we suppress the masculine energy or we suppress the feminine energy, but we can truly become whole when we can Im Im uh, embrace both those aspects of us. Mm. And feminine. 
What do you think about think, it? Just makes me think of like the the yin and yang of Taoism, and that we might become particularly attached to like one of those sides, which would inevitably lead us to live a really like divided existence. Yeah, um, but we become conditioned to maybe fear that side of ourselves, like for a man, for example, that is feminine and yeah. to want to dis disavow it or try to eliminate it from us when maybe there's a way of re-embodying it and living in a way that is harmonious and open to all of the parts of you. But at, then I think, again, it takes that vulnerability to express that in a society where you're unsure of what the response will be to it. And maybe especially if you've had experiences in the past that have shown you to hide those parts of yourself. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And uh, that also uh, reminds me, as you mentioned, vulnerability. Uh, that also reminds me that how much less vulnerable we are becoming as a society today. Because, uh, if you see uh, social media today and, you know, Instagram and Facebook and you know, all these platforms, people just want to present their happy self to the world. Mm -hmm. uh, this idea of being successful, you know, taking selfies, uh, showing women, women going, uh, a lot of females going through surgeries, Instagram surgeries <laughs> to present mm -hmm. another self and uh, people uh, traveling to different places and posting the pictures. And this whole idea of being successful and what is what is that doing is that people are become, becoming more and more depressed because they are not able to show their uh, weaknesses or show show their true self to the world. Mm. They are not vulnerable because they feel that they have to achieve something and become something and be like that Instagrammer or have those many followers or mm. travel to such places or have those Instagram looks to, mm. to be worthy enough, you know? So there is a problem of self-esteem there. Right, which is sort of inherently to guarantee that you cannot be receiving the thing that you ultimately want because you're attempting to create some version of yourself that is not actually a representation of who you are. Yeah. And so you're, you're making sure that you can never actually be fulfilled uh, yeah. but maybe it might keep you from ever really looking internally as you might be afraid of what you might find in there yeah yeah mm. yeah i think there's a sense of lack there mm. uh, we we are born in a certain way and when we don't accept ourselves as we are that i think that is when the problem arises when we uh, run after this idea of um becoming something, wanting to become something rather than just being in the present moment and having that acceptability of what we are. Mm. And I feel uh, you and me are really connected in the, the pushback against that and yeah. uh, that that's really a drive for both of us in terms of what we're doing and maybe is a natural manifestation or expression of what like an inner attempt to to go inside and say hey i am totally enough as i am completely yes. regardless of the conditioning that i have learned whether it was intended or not from whatever sources it came from that like i can actually go in all the way down and see oh wow like i at my very core am more than enough and yeah. then out from there like a, a push back and a an attempt from both of us to share that with anyone that we can touch uh mm. and that that is like a really purposeful way of being every day um so mm. i feel that really here with you like i feel totally embraced uh by you and i feel like you're interested in learning about me completely and and i hope you feel the same thing for me i think that creates just like this really awesome place yeah to interact where there's there's no concern about what it is that i look like or say or prove to you but we can both operate from the space of just like really exploring together with no threat or fear um, yeah. so i think that's really awesome
Yeah, I, yeah, it's totally awesome, and uh, I think that is a wonderful place to be in. And the idea, uh, as we were discussing today, the idea of self, the idea of the ego that you were talking about, I think it arises from this idea of being someone else than what we truly are. Mm. Uh, you know, being uh, we be, we being the core, and as we talked about that in the previous session, being a hollow bamboo. Uh, mm. you know in which we are just channeling the uh message of the universe rather than being the messenger and focusing on the messenger itself so i think it's a wonderful space to be in with you because that's pure channeling for me if i mm-hmm. talk in my terms it's pure channeling it's pure connection at a very raw level rather than having any idea of the messenger that we both we both can be and you know uh we can mm-hmm. develop this sense of ego of being a messenger but that is something we are trying to let go of totally and just connect at the very core yeah it's a fun experiment to really try to do and i i have felt there in that space with you today it's almost like our identities dissolve in a way and we're both just sort of living in this this message that's beneath the messenger yes. um which is a really cool kind of shared meditative place to be and i hope the listener ha- gets some sense of that too and that you are also very much so a part of this whatever it is that we're describing here absolutely um, yeah we all are connected on that very uh, core level you know uh, cool. the uh, all the listeners and i feel uh, the energy i feel the energy of even the listeners uh, being connected to the listeners at that very core level not not only you and it's yeah. your sharing of this uh, universal message this love uh, amongst ourselves well with that i don't know if you it feels to me like a good place to cuz i i noticed that i could just continually go on and keep exploring mm-hmm. deeper with you and um i feel really lucky to have the chance to do that as we move forward um but this to me feels like kind of a good spot to come to a close for today. I know in the past you have guided been very willing and generous to give a gift of guiding uh a short meditation yes, to finish way. these. Um how do you feel sure. about that today? Yeah, sure. Let's let's do it and let's see what comes up in the meditation. Sounds good. Great. So, uh you can now sit in a comfortable posture with your back straight. and you can gradually close your eyes and as you close your eyes you can bring your awareness to your breath And this time when you breathe in imagine and feel that your breath is going through your heart center at the center of your chest and it is cleansing your heart and coming out of your heart and as you do so let your awareness be at the center of your chest now you can ask yourself who is observing the breath 
Feel this awareness, which is observing the breath. And as you're doing that, that, just check what are the thoughts in your mind right now? You can watch these thoughts on a screen in front of you. with the images changing on the screen as your thoughts change. And ask yourself, Who is watching the thoughts? Be aware of this awareness, which is watching the thoughts. Now gradually bring your awareness back to your body in your surroundings. And gradually in your own time you can open your eyes and come out of the meditation. Thank you for that. It's my pleasure. Totally. What uh, what was that like for you? For me, uh, being aware of the awareness, uh, which is watching the thoughts, it's like a very uh, expansive feeling. It's like something expanded. Uh, it's like there was this limitation of my mind before in which I was thinking that I'm in this body. Hmm. But as soon as I'm becoming aware of that awareness, there is an expansion of uh, my presence, you know, as hmm. if it has come out of the body and it's, there is no limitation uh, of that expansion and you know, of that awareness. Hmm. What was your experience? Well, that's, it's bringing me back to that the thing I was thinking of earlier with the, the body being that like closest sense of who I am. And then the way you describe that, uh, I was relating to the, what you were describing there in terms of experiences that I've had and had within that. And I was thinking of almost like a, a funnel that extends somehow between me and like all of 
space if I can dip into it. And it's mm -hmm. sort of is like almost this inner thing that you drop low enough and tap into the funnel. It's like, oh, oh, wow. Um, mm -hmm. That kind of came up for me. I was also just really enjoying feeling myself as the center of the heart area, mm -hmm. my awareness there, because it is, it, I can become so conditioned to have my idea of who I am be placed uh, locally in my head. Mm -hmm. um, but to feel it there, there's something that kind of breaks down all of the sense of who I am. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of sensation there too. Um, so it's always it's nice to tap into that. Yeah, it's so wonderful to feel that sensation. And uh, uh, I believe that the energy there is more intense. Once I started placing my awareness there on the heart center, the energy that I felt was more intense than I felt in my head or mm. my face. So mm. it's something which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great well, uh, conversation today. Uh, very nice time meditating and lovely experience. Yeah, same for me. And it's always cool to just see how things unfold and how they connect to each other. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to next time. And I'm also proud of us both for being having the vulnerability and the courage to try this. Uh, yeah, yeah, love that. I love the. I love this very raw. Uh, connection and I truly uh, appreciate it and value it. Thank you everyone for, for joining us. Thank you, Saku. See you next time. See you. Take care. Bye.